Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I suppose you could in some way categorize it as a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. It's known as annihilationism, where nobody goes to hell, and certainly hell is not for eternity. There's just You're just annihilated. Well, then let me ask you a question. What did Jesus come here for? What are we saved from? Annihilation? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. After almost 2,000 years of the church's existence, one would think there couldn't possibly be any new false doctrines. However, some of us may be familiar with what seems to be a fairly recent one. In today's message, Pastor J.D. warns us about the dangerous false doctrine of annihilationism, which teaches that hell doesn't exist. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 2 with his continuing study called Jesus Only. I uh, was in uh, sales and I wanted to come up with a name that would give me an opportunity to share my faith in Christ. And besides that, when somebody comes back and they don't ask for you, you don't get the commission. And I knew a lot of people would not be inclined to come back and ask for a name like Wahid. So I decided to come up with JD, which stands for Jesus Disciple. And here's what's interesting. I would have people ask me, what does the JD stand for? Jack Daniels? (laughs) And uh, oh, how their countenance would change when I said, no, (laughs) it doesn't stand for Jack Daniels. (laughs) Stands for Jesus Disciple. Oh, (laughs) the whole mood changed, you know, and then they would say something like, well, forgive my French. Listen, my dad was a French teacher. What you just said is not French, so we're clear. But I want to live up to that name. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I know what that means. There is a, a cost to be counted. And there is a death to self that is mandated. And it has to be daily. And we're reading today a passage in the Word of God written by a man. Who was that? A man who did that. A man who was an example of that in the Apostle Paul. He expounds on his being a bond slave in verses 11 and 12, saying that the gospel he preached, in contrast to the other gospel that was preached, it was not from man, but only by the revelation from Jesus Christ himself. And certainly Paul is referring to that experience that day on the road to Damascus, which he's going to 
talk further about towards the end of the chapter. Now here's the question. Why? Why does Paul mention this? Why does Paul contrast the gospel he preaches with this other gospel, this so-called different gospel that others were preaching? I believe it's because he wants to paint a stark contrast between the true gospel and this so-called different gospel. And by doing so, he can contrast the different gospel and even expose this other gospel as a man-pleasing gospel. What do you mean? Well, think about it. Isn't a different gospel going to be more appealing to, pleasing to man? I mean, if you really think about the true gospel, how offensive is it? Because the gospel's the good news, and the gospel isn't good news unless you first understand and embrace and grasp the bad news. What's the bad news? The bad news is that I'm a sinner, that I have sinned against God. I have transgressed. I have fallen short of the glory of God. And if that weren't bad enough, this... (laughs) bad news? Well, it has a penalty. You know what that penalty is? Well, it's the death penalty. Well, that's pretty bad news. I know. But see, once I understand the bad news, then I'm readied and steadied to embrace the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, If I want to be a man pleaser, I'm probably going to be inclined to preach a a little bit more palatable and amenable gospel. You know, one that sort of um, doesn't come off so in your face. It certainly cannot include any mention of hell. God forbid. Don't mention hell. That's too fire and brimstone. Well, you'll forgive me, but I think that's what's missing in many a preaching today. You know, when I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I, and you'll forgive me for saying it this way, but I literally had the hell scared out of me. I realized that the direction I was heading in my life was as that satanic group called ACDC would sing, I'm on the highway to hell. I was on the highway to hell. And before I realized that Jesus was real, I came to a realization that Satan was very real. And the conclusion was, if Satan is real, then certainly Jesus has to be real. And here's the thing. If Satan is real, that means hell is real. And if hell is real, that means heaven is real. And by the way, let me go on record and say, and I had somebody leave the church years ago because of this. Hell is forever. It has to be. 
If hell is not for eternity, then neither is heaven for eternity. If hell is not for eternity, it's a false teaching that sadly has gained traction in the church today. I suppose you could in some way categorize it as a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. It's known as annihilationism, where nobody goes to hell, and certainly hell is not for eternity. There's just You're just annihilated. Well, then let me ask you a question. What did Jesus come here for? What are we saved from? Annihilation? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish in hell for all eternity, but have everlasting life for all eternity. Do you see the connection there? It pleases man to preach this so-called different gospel that you're a good person. We all go to a better place. God loves you. I was either reading or talking with somebody, and they were saying that they went to a church, and I think it was last week, somebody shared how they went to a church, and the pastor said something to the effect of, if you're a homosexual or lesbian or transgender or whatever, we want you to know that you're welcome here, that God loves you. And there's no condemnation for you. You know, you'll have to, if you really believe that, and want to preach that, you have a huge problem because you really should then start ripping out large portions of God's holy word. And God forbid that we ever do that. But that is pleasing, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Don't we want to hear that? That's the kind of message I want to hear. Now, bless your hearts, you come to this church, you'll never hear that. (laughs) And you know that. And God bless you for that. But let's be honest. We want to go to a church, and we want to sit in a comfortable seat, and we want to have a young, good-looking pastor get up there that's real hip, with skinny jeans and a latte, I guess. I don't know. We want him to just kind of entertain us. And we even sit there like this, you know, kind of like, all right, bless me. (laughs) Don't convict me, because if you convict me, you know, I'll find another, I'll leave, I'll never come back to this place. The true gospel is a God-pleasing gospel. This false gospel is a man-pleasing gospel. And is this not Proverbs 29, 25? The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Dare I say that for many a pastor today, it's this very fear of man that has ensnared them to preach this false gospel. And please know that I, as a pastor, am keenly aware of my own propensity 
to fall into this man-pleasing trap. I want you to like me, right? I want you to come back to the church. I have to say, there's been times, and maybe today is one of those days, where I'm looking at that which God has put on my heart to share, the sermon that I'm to preach, and I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> really? That's, that's a hard teaching. And I know it's a hard teaching because I am so convicted by it myself. And so I hope you know that when I stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, that I have to own this myself in my own life first. The question has to be asked of me. Do I fear what you think of me? When I look out at who's here in this wonderful church, and some of you I know, some more than others, some I'm introduced to and meet for the first time, which I love, by the way. And you got to know that in my heart I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they're going to come back. I wonder if they like me, my, my teaching style. I wonder if they're going to be, and here it is, offended. I wonder if I'm going to offend them. Well, (laughs) I hope you know that I will, and already have, if I'm going to be true to the Word of God and preach the Word, by default, you're going to be offended. Here's what would happen if I were to acquiesce to that notion of, I want you to like me. I want to be popular. It would only be a matter of time before I only taught that which I knew would please you. I would only teach that which I knew you wanted to hear. And I would do so under the banner of wanting to be popular. I like how one commentator put it. There have always been preachers who have sought popular acclaim above all else, and there are some still. It is part of fallen human nature that even those charged with the responsibility of proclaiming the gospel can fall into the trap of trying to be popular rather than faithful. It was Damien Kyle, who pastors Calvary Chapel Modesto in California, who said it this way. On that great and final day, when we're standing before the Lord, we finished the race, we fought the good fight, kept our eyes on the prize, and we're standing before the Lord. Here's what he will not say. Well done, good and popular servant. Boy, you sure brought him in on Sunday morning. Wow. Enter in. Now, he's not even going to say this. Well done, good and 
productive servant. Oh, you were very effective, very productive, very successful. No. Here's what he's going to say. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful for many, many years when there were only 20, 30 people that would show up on a Sunday morning and you kept your hands to the plow. You were faithful. Well done. Good job. Enter in. That's what he's going to say. That's what I want to hear. Isn't that what you want to hear? Second Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes in verses 1 through 4 and says this to Timothy, a young pastor. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Here's the charge. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, can I add, offend, (laughs) with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Wow. Would you agree with me that that day is here? Where in great numbers they flock to the teacher that will say what their ears are itching to hear. They will not put up with sound doctrine. Oh, by the way, (laughs) lest you think that the onus is only on the preacher, let me hasten to point out that Paul refers to the hearer no less than seven times. Let me also point out that he refers to the preacher only one time, saying, I charge you, Timothy. He then says, they, their, and themselves seven times. What's your point, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You are the they, the their, and the themselves. So there. (laughs) Seriously, though. We are all going to give an account one day. Let's be honest with ourselves, shall we? Let's ask ourselves who it is that we're really living to please. Allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart, my heart, Am I living only to please myself? To feed my flesh? Here's another question. 
Do I seek the approval of others more than I seek the approval of God? Let me take it further. Do I fear offending man more than I fear offending the Lord? The implication being that we can offend the Lord. We can grieve the heart of the Lord. And oh, by the way, that's what it means to fear the Lord. It's to fear doing anything that would grieve the heart of God. Anything that God hates. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. That's what the fear of the Lord is, is to hate what God hates. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is also the beginning of wisdom. How many times have we prayed and asked God for wisdom? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 10.27, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. And lastly, Proverbs 14, verses 26 and 27, and I'll end, says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Listen, please, lastly. The only way out of the man-fearing, man-pleasing trap is the fear of the Lord. If I'm a man-pleaser, I'll be turned away from the Lord. And if I'm a God-pleaser, I'll be turned away from the snare, the trap of death because that's what it leads to. And one last thing. This will be my last closing right here. I want you to think about this. I was thinking about it on the way here this morning. It's not in my notes, but I think it's true, and I want you to think about this. Isn't it easier to please the Lord than it is to please man? How's that one? Oh, I'll tell you. I, I, <laughs> I, I guess you already filled in those blanks, didn't you? You already connected those dots, didn't you? Thanks for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from Galatians has blessed you and that you desire to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to hear today's message again or other teachings from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. You'll also find a link to subscribe to our podcast or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Did you know you can also take In Spirit and Truth with you wherever you go? It's true. Using your Android or Apple smartphone, download our mobile app and have biblically sound messages available right at your fingertips. Links to the app are right on our website. You can find Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update online as well. 
These weekly updates take a critical look at what's happening in the world today, particularly in the areas talked about in the Bible. Many of the events we see have been prophesied in the Bible, but with all that's going on, how do we know what's real and what isn't? Pastor J.D. takes the time each week to compare world events to biblical passages and gives us a clear picture of where we are. Tune in every Friday and Saturday to hear the latest edition or find it on our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to learn more. Thanks again for joining us today on In Spirit and Truth. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way. We want you to know we pray for you often. Join Pastor J.D. on the next edition of In Spirit and Truth to keep learning more from the book of Galatians. With your will, holding me true.